Section 4 of the Algonquin Legends of New England. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elise Randall. The Algonquin Legends of New England, or Myths and Folklore of the Micmac, Passamaquoddy, and Penobscot Tribes by Charles Godfrey Leland. Section 4. Of the great deeds which Glooskap did for men, how he named the animals, and who they were that formed his family. Passamaquoddy. Woodnet Atak Hag and Glooskap. This is a story of Glooskap. It is told in traditions of the old time that Glooskap was born in the land of the Wabanaki, which is nearest to the sunrise. But another story says that he came over the sea in a great stone canoe, and that this canoe was an island of granite covered with trees. When the great man, of all men and beasts' chief ruler, had come down from this ark, he went among the Wabanaki, and calling all the animals, he gave them each a name, unto the bear, Muin, and asked him what he would do if he should meet with a man. The bear said, I fear him, and I should run. Now in those days the squirrel, Mikko, was greater than the bear. Then Glooskap took him in his hands, and smoothing him down, he grew smaller and smaller, till he became as we see him now. In after days, the squirrel was Glooskap's dog, and when he so willed, grew large again and slew his enemies, however fierce they might be. But this time, when asked what he would do should he meet with a man, Mikko replied, I should run up a tree. Then the moose, being questioned, answered standing still and looking down, I should run through the woods. And so it was with Quabit the beaver, and Glooskap saw that of all created beings, the first and greatest was man. Before men were instructed by him, they lived in darkness. It was so dark that they could not even see to slay their enemies. Glooskap taught them how to hunt, and to build huts, and canoes, and weirs for fish. Before he came, they knew not how to make weapons or nets. He, the great master, showed them hidden virtues of plants, roots, and barks, and pointed out to them such vegetables as might be used for food, as well as what kinds of animals, birds, and fish were to be eaten. And when this was done, he taught them the names of all the stars. He loved mankind, and wherever he might be in the wilderness, he was never very far from any of the Indians. He dwelt in a lonely land, but whenever they sought him, they found him. He traveled far and wide. There is no place in all the land of the Wabanaki where he left not his name. Hills, rocks, and rivers, lakes, and islands bear witness to him. Glooskap was never married. Yet as he lived like other men, he lived not alone. There dwelt with him an old woman who kept his lodge. He called her Nugumi, my grandmother. With her was a youth named Abistanuch, or the Martin. And Martin could change himself to a baby or a little boy, a youth or a young man, as befitted the time in which he was to act. For all things about Glooskap were very wonderful. This Martin ate always from a small birch bark dish called Witch Qued Lacun Chich, and when he left this anywhere, Glooskap was sure to find it, and could tell from its appearance all that had befallen his family. And Martin was called Glooskap Uchkin, my younger brother. The lord of men and beasts had a belt which gave him magical power and endless strength, and when he lent this to Martin, the younger brother could also do great deeds, such as were only done in old times. Martin lived much with the Miquamess, or elves, or fairies, and is said to have been one of them. 
how Winpei, the sorcerer, having stolen Glooskap's family, was by him pursued, and how Glooskap, for a merry jest, cheated the whale. Of the song of the clams, and how the whale smoked a pipe. Micmac. Nake Niu. In old times, in the beginning of things, men were as animals and animals as men. How this was, no one knows. But it is told that all were at first men, and as they gave themselves up to this and that desire, and to naught else, they became beasts. But before this came to pass, they could change to one or the other form. Yet even as men, there was always something which showed what they were. Now Glooskap lived on an island named Aja Lig on Mechk, and with him were many Indians with the names and natures of animals and birds. These men, but most of all Pulowetch, the partridge, having acquired power themselves, became jealous of Glooskap, and made up their minds to depart when he was away, taking with them Martin and the grandmother. For they had great hope that Glooskap, being left alone on the island, would perish, because they knew not his power. There is another story which says that he was living at the mouth of Ulustuk, at a place called Menogues, and went away into the forest as far as Gulwagik, and had been gone six weeks when he returned home and found the old woman, whose name was Muenarqu, and Martin had been taken away. Following their tracks to the shore, he saw one of his greatest enemies, a terrible sorcerer named Winpei, just pushing off in his canoe. And with him were his wife and child and Dame Bear and Martin. They were still within call, and Glooskap cried from the shore to the grandmother to send back his dogs, which were not larger than mice, and as some stories tell us, were squirrels. So she took a woolless tacoon, which is a small wooden platter, and on such Indian dice are tossed. This she put in the water and placed the dogs on it, and it floated to the shore, and Glooskap took it up. Winpei, with his family and prisoners, pushed on to Passamaguati, and thence to Grand Manan, and after remaining there a while he crossed over to Kespugatik, and so went slowly along the southern coast through Unamagik and over to Aktukamkwa, where he was slain. Now whether it was to gain magical power, or to weaken that of Winpei, or to chasten the others by suffering, who knows? But Glooskap rested seven years alone before he pursued the enemy, though some say it was seven months. And when the time had come, he took his dogs and went to the shore, and looked far out to sea over the waves, and sang the magic song which the whales obey. Soon there rose in the distance a small whale who had heard the call and came to Glooskap. But he was then very great, and he put one foot on the whale to test his weight, and the fish sank under him. So he sent it away. Then the lord of men and beasts sang the song again, and there came the largest, a mighty female, and she bore him well and easily over to Kespugatik. But she was greatly afraid of getting into shoal water or of running ashore, and this was what Glooskap wished her to do, that he might not wet his feet. So as she approached, she asked him if land were in sight, but he lied and said no. So she went on rapidly. However, she saw shells below, and soon the water grew so shoal that she said in fear, Munastaba ken kui je nuk? Does not the land show itself like a bowstring? And he said, We are still far from land. Then the water grew so shoal that she heard the song of the clams as they lay under the sand, singing to her that she should throw him off and drown him. 
for these clams were his deadly enemies. But Bootup the whale did not understand their language, so she asked her rider, for he knew clam, what they were chanting to her, and he replied in a song. They tell you to hurry, to hurry, to hurry him along, over the water, away as fast as you can. Then the whale went like lightning and suddenly found herself high on the shore, and she lamented and sang, Alas, my grandchild, ah, you have been my death. I can never leave the land, I shall swim in the sea no more. But Glooskap sang, Have no fear, Nagume, you shall not suffer, you shall swim in the sea once more. Then with a push of his bow against her head he sent her off into deep water, and the whale rejoiced greatly. But ere she went, she said, O oh, my grandson, Katin Panabsquas Nagad Tumewe, hast thou not such a thing as an old pipe and some tobacco? He replied, Ah, yes, you want tobacco, I behold you. So he gave her a short pipe and some tobacco, and thereunto a light. And the whale, being of good cheer, sailed away, smoking as she went, while Glooskap, standing silent on the shore and ever leaning on his maple bow, beheld the long, low cloud, which followed her until she vanished into the far away. And to this day, the Indians, when they see a whale blow, say she is smoking the pipe of Glooskap. In a Passamaquoddy tale of Pukjinsquess, the witch, the clams sing a song deriding the hero. The words are, Mao chow nut pestel, peri marm holwet. These words are not Indian, but they are said to mean, you look very funny with your long hair streaming in the wind and sailing on a snail's horn. The large clams sing this in a bass voice, the small ones in falsetto. The gypsies say that a snail, when put on a fire, utters four cries or squeaks. Hence in Germany, the Romani call it stargole, that is, stargodli, four cries. End of section four. Recording by Elise Randall.